0: Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. The Other Side at Midnight.
1: 77 W-N-C. Local Spotlight. Good Tomorrow, everyone. This is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. The thing that really sticks in my craw is the fundamental issue of unfairness. I just hate the situation where there's one set of rules for me and another set for thee. And nowhere is that two standard system of Fairness more on display than what's happening in New York and in many other places around the country, but especially in New York City, with our colleges. Huge article in the New York Times the untouchables, how Columbia and NYU benefit from huge tax breaks. Now, this is as big of an issue now as ever because of the budget hole that we're facing due to the migrant crisis. And as New York City's budget tightens, its wealthiest universities are bigger and richer than ever. Now, some officials think it's time for the school's to pay more in taxes. Look at the endowments these schools have. Look at what they're charging in tuition. And then let's look at the 320 properties that they own in New York City with a combined value of nearly $4 billion. This sort of growth of land that NYU and Columbia have been embarking on has helped them stay competitive within the Ivy League and meet their broader ambitions to become a global institution. But the problem is, this doesn't come without a cost for New York City. As Columbia has expanded its footprint, it's also become a tremendous drain on the city budget because of a state law more than 200 years old that allows universities, museums, and other nonprofits to pay almost no property taxes. The law saves Columbia more than $182 million annually. That's according to an analysis by the New York Times. That amount has soared from $38 million just 15 years ago as the university has bought up more properties and their value has increased. I'd be buying it too if I didn't have to pay property taxes. The fact that if you have a modest single family home, you're paying a fortune in property taxes in this city and yet NYU and Columbia which have tens of millions of dollars in their endowment. They wouldn't even have to charge tuition if they didn't want to, and yet they're still charging an arm and a leg in tuition. They're enjoying this generous property tax exemption. No! No! This is something that Democrats and Republicans should get together on and do away with this tremendous property tax break. They've had their fun. It's time to pay the piper. Beam me up! To be continued.
0: Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. The Other Side at Midnight.
1: 77, W-N-A-C-O-O-L. Local Spotlight. Good morrow everybody, this is Superstar Frank Morano on 77 WABC. Welcome to the other side of midnight. Some of you may have heard Governor Greg Abbott's interview with John Katsimatidis just a few hours ago on Cats and Cosby. I thought it was really interesting, really informative. He was in town not only to meet with John and to be on his show, but to give a speech at the Manhattan Institute discussing the immigration crisis. Now, you might remember Eric Adams... Had- has been consistently blaming the Republicans in general, Republican governors specifically, including Governor Abbott, and the Republicans in Congress for this immigration problem. Certainly beats calling responsibility to it for yourself. The Republican Party, uh, they have created a blueprint that all of them are starting to follow. It's inhumane. Uh, For uh, the governor to uh, send... Uh, immigrants to Martha's Vineyard without any coordination is just creating real a real crisis and that is the problem that we shared uh, to our lawmakers in Washington uh, that this is a blueprint that you're going to see start unfolding. Well, Governor Abbott has bused 15,300 migrants from Texas to New York. Now he's in New York he spoke at the breakfast in Midtown sponsored by the Manhattan Institute and outlined some solutions to this border crisis. Abbott's been the bane of Mayor Adams' existence. The Democratic mayor has called him a madman. He's threatened to campaign against him and accused him of using this crisis to hurt cities with black mayors. Well, Greg Abbott said that he was sending these migrants to Washington first, even though Eric Adams was blaming him for sending them. Them to New York City. So if Greg Abbott's telling the truth, and I'll take him at his word, he didn't start sending these migrants here until Adams accused him of sending them here. So basically, his attitude was, if I'm going to get blamed for sending them to New York, I may as well send them to New York. But we're talking 15,000 and change here. We have 115,000 in this city. So for Eric Adams to blame Greg Abbott for the entirety of the immigration crisis in New York City, it doesn't pass the smell test. And I think... Mayor Adams is going to have to own this crisis and own his actions on this. Because had he not openly taunted Greg Abbott, I don't know that you would have seen any of those busloads from Texas coming here. Why wasn't Mayor Adams meeting with Governor Abbott while he was in New York to see if they could work out something? And who are the losers? New York constituents are. Beam me up. To be continued.
0: The other side of midnight.
1: 77 w- local spotlight Well, when the city council votes today, in all likelihood, New York will become the country's largest municipality to require that its massive fleet of vehicles produce zero carbon emissions. So this bill is almost certainly going to pass. There are 51 members of the City Council, and it already has 39 co-sponsors. And when it does pass, it would set in motion a process by which 2025 all new vehicles purchased by the NYPD, the FDNY, and the Sanitation Department must be zero emissions. And then it would also require that the city phase out all fleet vehicles that produce carbon emissions by 2038. I recognize that uh, climate change is a problem and I recognize that electric vehicles are at least part of the solution that people are looking at. However, electric vehicles are so much more expensive than vehicles that have an internal combustion engine. New York City is already in a fiscal hole for some time now. It's getting worse because of the migrants. It's going to get even worse because of all the retirees who are going to have pension benefits, health Care benefits that need to be paid and it's not made any easier by the outward migration New York City is seeing so you compare your average gas-powered vehicle that goes for about forty eight thousand dollars the average electric vehicle sells for about sixty six thousand dollars additionally in practice Many of these electric vehicles, particularly the heavy-duty variety, are not nearly as reliable as gas-powered vehicles. So instead of saying that the fire department and the sanitation department has to use trucks that are electric-powered, which who knows how long they're going to be able to go without filling up again with electric energy, why not simply mandate better and more efficient gas mileage That's a way to reduce carbon emissions. Nobody wants to fight climate change more than me. I want to stop producing greenhouse gas emissions, but electric vehicles aren't necessarily the answer. China makes so many of these electric vehicle batteries, and the fact that New York City is now going to have to buy electric vehicles for pretty soon our entire citywide fleet of vehicles, this is a huge win for China. I'm not sure it's a win for the New York City taxpayer. I'm not sure if it's a win for the person who gets their garbage picked up by New York City sanitation or wants their fire put out by the FDNY. I have some real reservations about this. I hope it works out, but I fear this may go down in history as something that sounded good at the time, but turned out to be totally impractical. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WDN. Local Spotlight. By now, you have probably heard about the bombshell court ruling in New York State brought about by State Attorney General Letitia James finding Donald Trump liable for fraud. They are saying that he basically significantly exaggerated his assets and this amounts to fraud. Andrew McCarthy, former U.S. attorney, assistant U.S. attorney, was on Cats and Cosby last night talking about it. You know, the fraud case not only was like an existential, event for trump i mean basically he's being put out of business um but you know the problem from a political standpoint in having civil litigation as opposed to criminal litigation I mean, it's terrible to be indicted and to have that stigma and all that stuff but in a crim- in a civil case the, the person who is the defendant who's uh, who's accused in the cause of action is actually expected to do stuff As opposed to in a criminal case where you can just remain silent and the burden is completely on uh, the government. So, you know, Trump has had to give testimony. He's been exactingly questioned about, uh, you know, business practices that go back decades. Uh, And this could be very this could be very damaging from him, not just financially, but but politically. But there's something about this that is very confusing. I mean, let's put aside the fact that if Donald Trump weren't a former president and a presidential candidate, this case never would have been brought. But this bombshell court ruling has left Donald Trump's own lawyers scratching their heads about what this means. They've asked the judge as of yesterday to clarify his decision canceling the former president's New York business licenses so the judge in this case arthur and Gorin, issued a 34-page ruling that's forcing trump to hand over control of all of his properties in new york state including trump tower in midtown and everything else to an independent third party otherwise known as the receiver so during this wednesday hearing a lawyer for trump asked the judge Certain of the entities, physical entities, like 40 Wall Street or Trump Tower, is the court under the assumption that those assets would be sold or just to be managed under the moderator? And the judge said, I'm not prepared to make a ruling. Now, this is crazy. We don't even know what the implications are of this. If you're going to make a 34 page ruling saying you got to get rid of all these businesses, don't you think you should at least have an understanding of where those businesses and those buildings go? Does he get to sell them? Or do they just have to be managed by someone else? This makes no sense. This is the problem with rushed, politically based prosecutions, even though I realize this was only civil litigation. Beam me up! To be continued.